Hi, welcome back to another Tap Talks HR podcast. This time, I'm going to be reflecting on some recent podcasts I recorded around the changing world of work that the pandemic has accelerated in recent times and pulling together my favorite clips. You'll be hearing from discussions I had with Dr. Aaron O'Connor, Andy Roberts, Jenny Workman, and Caroline Lindner, each with their own view and different angle about how remote working has affected the way we interact with our organizations. First off is Dr. Aaron O'Connor, an anthropologist at UCL who did a study in 2020 looking at how UCL staff were coping with remote working. And through her study, she found out there were a number of things that organizations could do to actually help their people adjust to this changing world of work. Here's a clip with Dr. Erin O'Connor talking about how we should be taking a more critical view of working from home and how there's like a balance between the benefits versus the cost of this working from home environment. She talks about how burnout was something that she saw quite a lot and how relationships could be the bridges between productivity and a good mental health. Essentially, we concluded that as the novelty of work from home, you know, begins to wear off for, for all of us, um, we're basically a year into the pandemic, um, we need to take a more critical view of the implications of working from home. Um, what I mean by this is um, that we're all well-versed in the benefits of working from home because there are, there are many, of course, uh, but we need to pay attention to the ways in which working from home has really changed um, the nature of our work and the nature of working relationships. Um, another really important thing that came out of the research, um, which will not be surprising to almost anyone who's experienced working from home now, is burnout. Burnout has become a very serious issue that I came across repeatedly. And it's compounded by this um, by this lack of contact that many colleagues have with one another, as I described earlier with, with Sarah and the general kind of um, findings, we our findings in the research. Uh, so what we concluded is that we need to make work from home more sustainable moving forward. And the main way in which we believe that can happen is to reimagine what productivity looks like. Because a big concern early on in the pandemic was around how to ensure staff are working productively from home, which has led to a lot of dependence on targets and measurables, um, which again, you know, further contributes to this kind of task oriented way of working. Um, but focusing on measurables can leave blind spots. Um, as I just mentioned, uh, you know, I heard many examples of how people managed crises and problems at work, both before and, and since the pandemic, um, and how they innovated basically um, through the, how they, sorry, they basically innovated, their, their stories about innovation and problem solving were really um, at the core of these were their relationships with the people who they innovated and solved problems with. What I mean essentially is that um, relationships are the kind of the bridges that have been built between colleagues are really what will 
help see organizations through these incredibly complex uh, transformations that they're having to, to, to create constantly, physically and, and uh, digitally, of course. And so um, this is why we suggested something uh, that's less focused on simply productivity, but more on productivity plus, as, we, as we've kind of called it. What I mean by productivity plus is this realization that um, relationships, connectivity between people is what drives productivity. Um, and so that's sort of the main fundamental conclusion and suggestion that we put forward at the end of this research. Building on Dr. Aaron O'Connor's comments on relationships as a bridge between remote workers and performance, I recorded a podcast with Andy Roberts, our leadership expert at TAPT, around dispersed teams. As we leave the worst of the restrictions of the pandemic, many of us will be working in dispersed and not virtual teams. And here, I mean virtual teams as everyone is remote to everyone else, whereas dispersed teams are where clumps of people are starting to come together and others are still virtual and remote to them. And these can change over time. But what we find is cultures accelerate within these clumps compared to a virtual team and how a leader can deal with that. So in this clip, we are discussing the effects of change on leading dispersed teams, looking at the emotional side as well as the physical side. Here, Andy responds about dispersed team leadership to my very long question. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, in in this uh, strange old year of 2020, we've been really concentrating on infection rates, with lockdowns and, and things like that. But actually, if you strip away the medical side of what's going on, actually what we're left with society is this huge amount of change that's happening in a very short space of time. And change, as we know, you can think of your Kubler-Ross curves and God knows what, it causes anxiety and it causes emotion within people. So actually what we're saying here is we've got the whole physical change of actually working remotely and in dispersed teams, but actually there's this, the leaders need to, to kind of concentrate more on the emotional side of their leadership style. And we've talked about emotional intelligence in the past over the years with, with leadership. But it's almost like that's got to really come to the fore at the moment um so so that's super interesting so thinking about that um how do you think we need to approach this i mean thinking about um leaders obviously need to re-equip themselves how do you think uh, organizations need to look at that so i definitely think there needs to be a, a raise in the leadership capability and also actually a raise in the capability of employees to work in this new uh, more dispersed way. Um, the old, you know, going back to the times of remote working where isolation, confusion and fragmentation was an issue, they will still remain. And I think we throw into that, you know, daily flux and um, impacts that are happening outside the business, having a mental impact on those in the business. What leaders are going to have to really do is amplify or dial up their capability of of leading dispersed teams. And that also includes taking care of themselves. And I don't think that's one thing that's been particularly strong on the agenda of leaders over time. So that's definitely an area. But there are certainly, you know, as we've looked at this, there are some critical areas that we think leaders need to be really working on to help themselves going forward in terms of how they manage the task, but also how they manage the people. 
And as we think about leadership, you know, often we go back to the beginning of leadership development and we say, well, it's all about, you know, great leaders and how they were made to be great leaders. But actually, if we look at the COVID-19 era, a lot of the uh, countries that have been doing better uh, have a lot more emotional intelligence, a lot more connection to people. You know, Germany, New Zealand, the Nordics as a group in general, there's been a lot more empathy and uh, humanity in the leadership. So as we've been looking at the work around this, there's definitely opportunities to improve the dispersed leadership. And actually, there are some very critical areas that have to be considered. Andy talks here about leaders looking after themselves. At TAPT, we've seen this as an important part of dispersed teams. Often the team leader themselves is the last in the team to reflect on and get help on their own mental health. Resilience as a concept is based around positive psychology and the ability to cope and bounce back. In this third clip, Jenny Workman is discussing her own personal experience as a leader and her own resilience. She talks about different mental and physical activities she's tried to increase her own resilience. There's some great ideas here to try to create variety if you are currently part of a dispersed or virtual team. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those words that um, uh, sometimes can cause a bit of fear for some people, I think, when they think, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, what does it mean to me? And I suppose for me, it's been about talking about it lots and at every opportunity, because it's that kind of demystifying it. Um, resilience is about bounce back ability. And we're all different. You know, we all cope with it in different ways. And I think um, certainly at the beginning of the pandemic, um, for someone who's so, really sociable, um, as you know, Anthony, and likes chatting and meeting and networking uh, with other people suddenly being confined to home and the screen going black at the end of a meeting and not having that lovely opportunity to say to you know chat to somebody as you walk back to your desk after a meeting was really something I lost and I couldn't quite put my finger on it for about two or three weeks and I think that's when I felt really challenged to think about well how am I going to plug back in what am I going to do that's going to mean that I put back in those things that I really valued, that actually helped me with resilience, that helped me park the day, as it were. You know, how did I leave the office at the end of the day, knowing that, you know, that that being a day at work, it being whatever kind of day it had been, but that I could get home on the tube. I mean, I know we can't always do that. Um, you know, that's unrealistic to think that that's how it was. But there's an element of some of our rituals, our routines allowed us to park the day and we can't do that anymore. And I know for a lot of people are finding working at home um, means that their home, their home life has kind of suffered or their work has taken over things. So it's been for me about putting some barriers and some rituals in place. Um, things like, for instance, making sure um, I'm doing Pilates by Zoom um, a couple of times a week has really helped because it's been that kind of like walking away from the screen and actually doing something physical, um, making sure I'm walking as much because I found, uh, I realized actually that I was walking so much. I love walking. So actually, even at lunchtime, when I pop out to get a bit, a bit of lunch, um, I'd often deliberately walk in the opposite direction to where I was going to get the food to have like five, ten minutes of walk to give myself some headspace. Um, and things like meditation. Um, I used to do that on the tube every day going into work. So now I'm thinking, why do I do my meditation? Ah, you know, that sort of time of the day doesn't happen anymore. So from that point of view, um, resilience for me is about thinking about what things have helped what things haven't helped and can I talk to someone else about this is it a common thing because it really is it's a real shared human experience in terms of 
feeling that your norm has been turned on its head and that things feel different and that you, you find yourself not coping with things that you think oh my goodness I can normally cope with that why am I not coping with it well it's because potentially as you said things have changed so much so fast without almost any explanation that actually we then find ourselves having to almost reprogram our brains to do even the most normal of things so it's always come back down to what are the things that matter to me what matters to my home life to my work life um and do i need someone to help me with that so i've chatted to a coach during this pandemic to think about um fun enough um development self-development because that's absolutely something that's totally gone out the window um but also as well really honest conversations with my boss at work he's been amazing um you know just saying actually do you know what i really value a weekly checking can we do that and she's been like absolutely we can do whatever's needed so it's just been that exploration really um through that and then i think what's happened more recently because let's face it i think we all thought we were in for 12 weeks and then yay we'd be out of this but that's not really happened has it so it was almost when we got to week 13 and thought oh goodness okay this is going to be a longer slog than we thought um then it's been about what what works for me what else works for me and it's actually been a bit of change so i've changed location for working um uh, working from home and actually that's been really tremendously beneficial so it's thinking about what changes can you put into your day that might help because at the moment it's a total and utter feeling of groundhog day another monday rolls around you know you have the similar meetings and you think what has actually changed what's what's different this week so for me it's about being plugging in change and doing things differently and just challenging myself really you know after normalizing for say two or three months to try and make things feel stable it's then almost been turning that on its head and saying okay i've now got some great routines in place what else can i change up change up um uh, your exercise uh, routines for instance you know maybe you started running every other day and actually now you're up to running every single day there's always going to be something or, or maybe starting that book that you've never started but I think for me it's about talking to friends um, having buddies who do I know that I can go to saying I'm having a really rubbish day um, I'm lucky at work I feel very supported um, so from that point of view um, you know I know not everybody has that but working out where your support network is as well I think that's been really key Moving on from Jenny's great comments about her own ways to try and improve her mental health during working remote and dispersed from others, in this last clip I asked Caroline Lindner at the end of our podcast to summarise her thinking on mental health. She talks about how we, as members of dispersed teams, can support others with openness and caring, and how we need to be proactive with our own discussions, which to me separates empathy with real compassion a good question and a hard question because there's so much I could say. <laughs> okay, you can have two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, for me, and I would say this because of my role in communications, it, it, it's don't be worried about asking people what support they need. Um, you can never get it right for everybody, but asking them, ask the question in the first place, don't assume. Um, this is an incredibly unusual time for everybody. And the other thing I would say is check in with colleagues. You know, again, when someone says, how are you? And they said, They're okay, I'm okay. Actually ask another question because they may not be okay. We're very good at closing down our feelings, I think. Um, and to be really supportive at this time and to, dare I say, it helped to change culture in the workplace. Actually taking time to talk about other things other than work 
and checking in with individuals is, is never been more important. And all of my work calls since this, um, this situation um, happened, I talk more, I know more about my colleagues than I ever did before. Um, and we start every conversation off with a, a proper, how, how are you doing today? What's going on? And sometimes people really just need another person to talk to and they may not have the courage to pick up the phone or to go on a Zoom call or whatever else it is. Um, and for me, that's, that's really important. And I hope we don't lose that, that kindness I mentioned earlier on. Um, it, you, if you're kind to, with your employees and your colleagues, it goes a long way to making people feel good about going to work. And I do feel that whatever, how, how employers react to this situation with, with mental health, because it's going to be, you know, it's not going away, um, will help to inform how they're viewed by their employees. And dare I say, it, maybe attract other talent in the future um, who want to go and work for that company, because it's a great place to work because they look after their people. I hope you've enjoyed these clips from our recent podcasts around the effect of remote and dispersed working through the pandemic. You can listen to the full podcast on, your, on our website, tapsolutions.com, or through your normal podcast provider. As Caroline said, how we treat our teams at the moment will really build goodwill and trust for the future, or maybe not. Thanks again to Dr. Erin O'Connor, Andy Roberts, Jenny Workman, and Caroline Lintner for recording these podcasts during this troubling time. Finally, check out tapsolutions.com for our report on dispersed team leadership, which looks at all the topics on this podcast and more. But that's it for now. Speak again soon. Goodbye.